your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Lightning as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, hockey fans, you need more hockey news? Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening throughout the NHL. You can subscribe and listen every day for a quick look at the biggest stories and games going on each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get podcasts. On today's crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Lightning, Seth and Adam go back and forth. We start with the Tampa Bay Lightning looking at their offseason and some of the big holes that the Lightning have to fill in their quest for a third consecutive Stanley Cup championship. We then move to the Minnesota Wild, looking a little deeper at the Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi buyouts, and if that is having any effect on Kirill Kaprizov's contract negotiations with the Wild. And we finish with some Game of Thrones discussion as well, trying to compare NHL franchises to Game of Thrones characters and families. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, a veteran of over 10 years of Minnesota sports coverage, including the last couple of seasons exclusively covering your Minnesota Wild. And I am joined by a special guest here today, Adam Denker, the host of Locked on Lightning. We're going to talk some lightning offseason, some wild offseason, and since... We are both huge Game of Thrones fans. We'll discuss that as well. Adam, what's going on? How are things? Uh, you know, just getting back in the swing of things uh, for the upcoming season. It feels like, and, and maybe this is just me, but I, it feels like around this time of the offseason, like once the, the entry draft is done and over and a lot of the big moves from free agency are done and we're really kind of, past the first couple of days of arbitration we're like in a grinding halt right now it, it seems like october is is like a million years from now i don't know how it feels for you i don't know because i know there's been a lot of drama that we'll get to surrounding your team so i don't know if you're happy about that or you know because granted my, my team is on 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 Back to coming off back to back uh, cup wins, trying for a third. So I'm just ready to jump back into it. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of I don't know. I feel like the entry and the expansion draft just went by in the blink of an eye, and now we're just waiting for training camps to start. <laughs> yeah, like I I'm at that exact same point. It's just for me, it seems like pretty much the only thing that I do is I I scour Twitter and look to see if there's a Kaprizov update, look to see if there's a Fiala update. And once I have completed both of those, then I just repeat, and it's just this never-ending cycle, and I hate it. But, hmm. you know, that's that's just what the offseason does, and it allows you to, you know, change your opinion on things 30,000 different times like I have on almost everything going on with the Wild right now. And so, you know, there's no shortage of chances for talkers, but, you know, it's just, I just want the season to start, get this stuff all taken care of so we can just go to playing hockey and worrying about all of that. And your lightning can worry about a 
potential for a third consecutive Stanley Cup, which must be nice. I mean, I, I <laughs> have never – okay, I shouldn't say never. The Twins won the World Series when I was like three years old. Um, they won it back in 1987. They then won it in 1991. So I was like th- I was three or four at the time that they won the second one. They haven't. Minnesota has not won anything since. So I'm just in this perpetual state of like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Yeah, I, I mean, well, the the key with the Twins is you can't play the Yankees in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> try to right. Avoid those guys. I, I forgot you are. You're a New York guy. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, but, but I'm a Met fan, so oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so I, I live kind of in this perpetual twilight zone uh, space, you know, even though they are having a good season, they just blew first place in the East, so we're, we're not going to talk about that. Um, but, yeah, with the Lightning, it's – I have yet to make an official statement on my show about is a repeat like a realistic thing we should be looking at or let's just enjoy the high from the last two years and it, whatever happens happens. I'm still kind of waiting to see how training camp goes and just, you know, all the possible lines that we have, but, and, and it's funny with lightning fans, you're either, you're either on one side of the aisle or you're on the other. It's not like you're in the middle with me, which is interesting. I think that's a lot of, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, the last it's been forever since a team has three-peated in the NHL. Uh, the last time a professional sports team has three-peated, correct me if I'm wrong, was the Lakers in the early 2000s. That sounds Probably right. Probably the, yeah, the, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. And, and a, lot of light, a lot of Lightning fans are also Buccaneers fans who have, I think, a very good chance to repeat as Super Bowl champions this year as well. So, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the Champa Bay um, name. I'm still waiting to decide. I mean, in terms of, you know, the hardest part with repeating, and we saw it last year, was replacing the guys that you lost in the offseason. Um, trying to find guys who could contribute, who haven't really contributed as much in years past, or are waiting the wings to contribute. And this year was a little bit, as we all know, a little bit more of a difficulty for general manager Julian Brees boss up against the cap, which nobody saw happening two years ago, um, which is why the lightning have some of the highest contracts AAV in the league with Vasilevsky, Stamkos, now Braden points in that mix, Kucherov's in that mix. Um, but I got to say, if, if, if I had to grade this, this off season thus far, cause who knows, they might make more, more deals. I wouldn't take that off the table, but I would have to give them an A plus all things considered, um, you know, s- signing Corey Perry, which was kind of funny just because he's lost the lightning the last couple of years, first with Dallas and now with Montreal. So really bring it in the, if you can't beat him, join him attitude, which I can't wait to see how he is on that fourth line with Patrick Maroon and uh, Pierre Edouard Bellamere. Uh, that's just going to be an absolute, just gauntlet of muscle coming out there. And then you, and then you pair that up with the defense and pair with Sergeyev and foot possibly going out there with those guys. It, it, I feel bad for any team that's going to have to go through that. Uh, probably I want to say for what, probably 15 minutes a night. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. If you had to put me on the spot right now, I guess is a good time as any to say on my show. I, 
if if you had to to rate one through ten, uh, the chances of them three-peating, I would say eight point five, barring okay. some catastrophic injury to to a major star in this team, especially if it's Vasilevsky. Uh, it's time to take your sports betting to the next level with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Major League Baseball is in full swing right now, plus the NFL and college football are just around the corner, so plenty of ways to place your bets. You can also get the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action as well. So before the next pitch, head to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code Locked On at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And then on the other side of things with that, with your team, just been drama all around the board. Um your GM looking to make some cuts. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people are talking about Kaprizov right now, but I really want to talk first off about uh, the whole Parise Suter situation. Was, was that, were you as shocked as those guys when, when it was announced that they weren't being brought, brought back? So I was surprised that Suter was bought out with what happened with Parise. And I'll do, I'll do a little background here. So, Obviously, Zach Parise did not have a year that he would have said was successful in what he wanted to do, what the team wanted to do. There was that um, there was that ugly incident in Vegas where he stayed on the ice to try to help Marcus Foligno get a hat trick, and the Wild ended up blowing. I think it was I think it was a four goal lead in that game, or it was yeah. like a two goal lead late. And they ended up losing in overtime because he stayed on the ice for an additional shift. Ended up getting benched for that and ended up basically being the odd man out after Nick Bugstad returned from his injury during the middle of the season. So you had that. He came back in the playoffs and looked pretty good compared to what the rest of the team was doing against the Golden Knights in the first round. But there was a lot of talk right after the season ended. Uh, about what Parisi's future looked like here in Minnesota. And he said all the right things, saying, like, I'd like to come back. You know, Minnesota's my home. They've been good to me. We'd like to, you know, finish what we started out with when these contracts were signed. And Garen, you know, said that they had had discussions and that they weren't going to release what was said. And then it went quiet for a little while. And then, boom, boom. The news came out that both players had been bought out. And, I mean, the math is not great. So you get a little cap relief this year, which the Wild used with some of the moves that they made in free agency. There's a little bit of cap relief next year. There is no cap relief two years after that. So there's a two-year period of... They're basically entire cap hit is on the roster without them actually being part of it. And then after that, it alleviates and it's combined. I think it's like $1.6 million in dead cap money for both of them. 
But as I think about this more and more, I mean, I was flat out shocked that Suter was was bought out because I thought, as we saw, Dallas thinks that he still has a lot of good hockey left in him, signing him to a four-year deal without even blinking an eye. I think it came down to Bill Guerin just wanting to have concretely in front of him what it was going, what ramification, what the ramifications were going to be with them not being on the roster, as opposed to what the other alternative would have been, which is to say, let's trade these guys and you know pay a part of their salary. And honestly, I think a lot of why this was done was to prevent the the salary recapture, um, which was put in because of the 13-year contracts that they signed initially. So I think that was a huge driving force for Garen, was I don't want to get bit by that unexpectedly if we get down the road and we're trying to build a contender, and then all of a sudden they retire and you get hit once or twice, and then you're in a really uncomfortable spot of, hey, we've got what we think could be a competitive team that's one or two pieces away, but we have no money. So I think he just, I think he wanted to get them on the books so that he knows what it's going to cost and there's no surprise. Yes, it's going to be difficult to try to um, navigate that, but there's no surprises. And so he can put together a little bit more of a retool and rebuild plan, having that stuff on the books and just kind of go with it. Yeah. And and we kind of spoke briefly before we hit the record button about this. And and I want to get a gauge on what you think is going to happen. How much of a trickle down effect is this going to have coming into the season in the locker room? Well, that is very interesting because those they they both wore the A. So obviously they were a huge part of, you know, the leadership of this team. And it's it's going to leave a void. But I think we're starting to see kind of the shift in that, you know, Jared Spurgeon wears the the C and is the captain for this team and he is very much of a lead by example type player. Kind of a, a do do as I do not as I say. And mm-hmm. so you've seen like you've seen him step up and become kind of the leader of this team. We've got other guys. Marcus Felino has become kind of a vocal veteran leader of this team. Um, you know, and we've we've seen some of the other younger players step into leadership roles as well. And so I I think Garen obviously was comfortable enough mm-hmm. with who would step in to fill that leadership void. Um, to also make this move and not worry about there being any sort of like divided locker room kind of a thing. You always worry, you always worry about that in these types of situations is that there's going to be a handful of players that say, I don't agree with this move and they end up becoming kind of disgruntled. And then some of the, the rest of the guys are like, you know, okay, yeah, this was, this is what we should have done. I don't get that sense with this team. Uh, I think there are enough guys that, have kind of stepped into leadership roles so that we don't really have to necessarily worry about much of a trickle down. Yeah. And, and actually, since I asked you that and I haven't seen anything on Twitter connecting the two things, but 
as everyone knows by now, guys are kind of in a little bit of a situation with your young goal scorer and Kareli Kaprizov. Um, do you think what happened with not just Suter and Parise getting bought out, but how it went down? Um, the story for my listeners who probably are not as informed, I believe Bill Guerin called Parise first. He didn't pick up for whatever reason. And then he called Suter and it didn't pick up. And then Suter called him back. And um, that's what happened and found out over the phone. And um, do you think Kaprizov looked at that and thinks, why would I want to sign a long-term deal with this organization if that's how they're going to treat some of the guys that have been here for the long run? You know, I I like to think not because, you know, as much of as much as we like the um, – I, I, I can see both sides of this because as much as we like, you know – all the hometown stories and cheer for that kind of thing happening. This was a business decision that Bill Guerin made. Yeah, absolutely. And so like, you know, as calloused as that sounds, it was a decision that he made. And, you know, I I'm sure he would have liked to have handled it better Then again, maybe not. Maybe this is just the way that he felt like he needed to handle it. But you know, regardless of how it went down, I think Kaprizov is more concerned about the long-term plan of this team. And this, for him, probably was a look at what Garen wants to do. Like, he wanted to get that stuff off the books. And yes, mm-hmm. the next, say, four years are going to be a little bit of an adventure. But that allows this team a really good opportunity to develop a good young core some great prospects, Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy, Jesper Wallstead, who they just drafted. You know, they've got a great core of prospects that are going to get a full amount of time to prove that they can crack it at the, uh, the NHL level. And then that fifth year, Garen can do whatever he wants with this roster. And that is when he's going to really make his mark. And so, Kaprizov could have seen that and said, okay, so this this is going to be a bit of a long-term plan. Maybe I want to try something a little shorter for a deal and test what's available in free agency. The Wild obviously want to sign him for as long as they can. Yeah. But, you know, the, the biggest sticking point between Kaprizov, his agent, and the Wild has been the length of the contract. If Garen can get it to five years, I think he can convince Kaprizov of, here's my plan for this franchise past this. If you mm. can just get through this choppy water with me, we've got some big things that we can do after that. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating question. I hadn't actually like considered what Kaprizov's stance was um, on those two. And... You know, I'd be lying if I said that it probably wasn't something that he at least considered. Um, but I, I really, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the extent of the effect that that will have on his thinking. Um, yeah, I always like to look deeper into these kind of situations that teams go through, whether we're getting the full story or not, because just because I feel like if we knew more and, and we talk about it in the host chat a lot, and I'm sure, you know, hosts talk about it. 
outside of the chat, how can, you know, the game obviously needs to be promoted more yes. uh, and better. And I feel like as it is unfortunate to have these kind of issues for certain teams, I think that's the best thing for the sport. I think the more we know, because we look at the NBA, I mean, it, it's like a soap opera almost to yeah. a certain degree. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that really uh, fans should really dive into and really take a look at. Uh, and, and I would, I would say, you know, if the lightning had some cap space, maybe throw him a, a phone call and see if Carilli wants to come, but they have at this moment, zero cap space, a big old donut. Um, uh, but w- with your wild, I, it's not like they were a bottom of the cellar team. And that's the thing that I think some hockey fans don't realize is that, yeah, you guys have very good prospects waiting in the wings. And I'm excited to see how that, how that translates to the ice going in the future. But um, you guys made the playoffs this year. Uh, you took Vegas to seven games and it, it wasn't like you were really outmatched in that entire series. I mean, Vegas kind of took a little bit to to lift off throughout the playoffs, but I, I, I was able to catch some of that series and I thought Minnesota played very well and they, they matched Vegas for the most part, punch for punch, except for game seven, obviously, but I'm excited to see what they do in the future. I think, you know, if you look at what these contracts were, Zach Priest says 37. He's yep. and his game has really his game has really declined from his days from when he was in New Jersey. Um and, and really he's not that same player anymore. So yeah, it, it's tough to see those players go, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And you know, we know all too well in Tampa with Blake Coleman going to Calgary, which I think was probably one of the toughest moves that, you know, unfortunately it was inevitable, but at the same time, you know, you hate to see a guy like that go, especially who had such a huge effect, not only on the team, the locker room, but on the community uh, within the short span that he was here. Uh, And then Yanni Gord in the expansion draft, uh, which was, I I really at one point thought they were going to take Alex Klorn for some reason, Um, you know, because, uh, Lightning fans may know a couple of weeks back prior before the expansion draft, Alex Korn was on the spit and chicklets podcast and yeah, he was fooling around and saying, you know, don't take me. I have a broken leg, but I feel like no one says that without, unless they are actually really worried. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You don't kind of, you don't kind of float a nugget like that unless you are serious about it. Yeah. So it, you know, it's it's interesting how Julian, the, the breeze boss, the, the general manager was going to go about. And like I stated before, it did a fantastic job. There was also a talk uh, and I spoke about it with my Locked on NHL co-host, uh, Chris Masilli of Locked on Abs, um, that I heard through the grapevine that for a minute, Seattle was seriously considering taking Matthew Joseph as kind of not only just because Matthew Joseph has really progressed since coming to to Tampa, but only also because of kind of like a middle finger in solidarity with the other, with the other teams in the league towards Tampa with their whole cap situation. Because if you keep Yanni Gord, you're talking about five and a half AVV still on the books, right? which would have been an interesting move to see how the lightning would have attacked that whole situation. And, I, and I'm kind of crowdsourcing some of the NHL hosts right now. What was your whole thought process dating back to the beginning of the playoffs when everybody was in when a huge uh, making it a huge deal about, you know, bringing Kucherov back and technically being over the cap. But 
everybody chooses to forget that the Blackhawks did that during the prime of their cup runs a couple of years back as well. Yeah, this is not a, this is not a new trick. Like it is, it has, it's something that has been available to every team. It's just that some choose to use it and some do not. Yeah. And and I think that's a good segue into our game of Thrones talk, because really what that did was make the lightning, the bad guy of, (laughs) of the league, which I found it interesting just because, and uh, my listeners know this and, you know, you brought up before I am from New York um, I am by heart a lifelong Rangers fan. Um, I always kept an eye on the Lightning and I always rooted for them because one of my top five favorite players growing up was Marty St. Louis. Mm. So, you know, uh, but it was always so I'm kind of unbiased in the whole situation to kind of echo what you said. Yeah, they did something that they took full advantage of a loophole, uh, something that not a lot of NHL teams do. But it's so interesting how quickly the league turned on everybody, turned on the on the Lightning. And really what they are, they, they're the Lannisters right now, as you as you brought it up on Twitter earlier today, which yep. is funny. And and I kind of threw one back at you saying that the Wilds were probably the Greyjoys just because <laughs> you guys are striving for success. You think you're doing all the right things. You're being aggressive in weird situations um, and it doesn't work out uh, at the least. And, and it's just... I, I'm curious to see how much hatred is going to be sp- uh, thrown at the lightning on Twitter this year, because that's really where it kind of originated. You didn't really see any media campaigns from other clubs, except maybe the Carolina hurricanes, which I feel like locked on hurricanes host Jared Ellis had something to do with that. But um, cause he was, he was a huge hater throughout that whole process, but <laughs> Yeah, I- this summer, Built Bar wants to help you celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know Built Bar has a ton of amazing flavors? They've got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. For my money, raspberry's the way to go, but if you're not sure which flavor's right for you, grab a mixed box and you'll get two each of the nine flavors. The best part, though, about Built Bars is they are amazingly healthy. Each bar contains 17 to 18 grams of protein, ranges in calories from 130 to 180, contains only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So they're amazingly healthy. They taste great. What's not to like about Built Bar? And if you go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off of your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Why don't we why don't we throw it into the Game of Thrones conversation? Sure. I'm not fully done with the with, with the with the show yet, but just to say and I'm sure your listeners and and the followers on Twitter could just following you on Twitter throughout the whole process of you watching it has been absolutely incredible. Um it was it was probably almost when I started watching Breaking Bad during the beginning of COVID. Oh. That's the only thing I could equate it to. I, I watched Breaking Bad for the first time when COVID started. And it's it's kind of like how a lot of people see the, when they start at the office. The first couple of episodes, maybe the first season's a little rough. But once you get through that wall, it's 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 gold. Ridiculous. It's gold. And and I said it to you in, in, uh, when we were messaging back and forth about it. I said that 
it's dangerous because yeah, the episodes are about an hour long, but really if, especially on a, on a day off from work or, you know, whatever the case may be, especially in the off season of the NHL, where, like you stated before, there's really not much to talk about. I mean, you could throw through an entire season. If you get up early enough, you could, you could finish maybe a season and a half just, just going through that. Yeah. I had a, I had a night last week where I watched four episodes. Like I watched, I got home, I watched two, then I ate and I recorded the next day's show. And then I watched two more. And like with Thrones, I I haven't necessarily experienced this with other shows. And I think it's just because of the subject material and the graphic nature that that is depicted. Yeah. There have been points where I'm like, I need to decompress this a little bit. Like I need a little bit of a break and Mm -hmm. you know, certain points. I mean, I, uh, it was the end of, I think it was, I think it was the end of season three. It was the end of season three. A very, very, and I don't know, like I waited long enough to where spoiler alerts, I think have, um, yeah, have passed the red wedding happens. And I was like, yes, Oh my God. And my favorite part too, in just talking a little bit about like the journey through this, like I waited long enough to where like I had seen some of the spoilers when Game of Thrones was happening in real time. Right. I waited long enough to where I legitimately forgot what had happened. Yeah. That's how it was for me because I probably, so I have, I, I live by like a code of rules when it comes to these shows that are super hyped up and you have everybody coming from all angles saying, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And that's how I was with Breaking Bad. I, the one thing that annoys me more than anything is I, so I like to binge shows. Yeah. So when I binge a show and I have to wait for season two or three or whatever, the next season to drop, that's super frustrating. Me. I need, I need all nine seasons locked and loaded, ready to go <laughs> in the barrel. And so that was part of the reason why I stopped watching game of thrones i think when i started game of thrones they just were in the middle of the last season okay so all the spoilers were kind of here and there and then so i stopped at right after jason momoa dies in the early seasons yes yep and part of the reason i stopped because i really thought that was a lame reason for him to die i loved his character so much i agree fully i agree fully with that statement you have this guy who is like just a great character doesn't do very very much in terms of dialogue and he gets killed off because of an infection or whatever i don't remember the exact reason probably should have been a foreshadowing to COVID, but that's a whole nother subject matter um and then i stopped i don't know because i i told you in the chat before um i when i watch shows i don't remember what season was which because i'm <laughs> binging three four seasons in the span of a week yeah you just remember the plot points exactly um where i last left off was probably um probably when um <clears throat> they face off. They go against the wall and they they team up with the uh, with the wild people and they fight uh, the White Walkers. Spo- uh, just a disclaimer to all the people: 
you by the way i'm talking about the show you would think i've never watched an episode but it's just i i just <laughs> i forget everything very quickly i forget names i forget places um but yeah insane show and and it's and i was telling you before with the books it's like very very different and they leave a lot of out for good measure because i don't think hbo would have been able to air some of the episodes if they kept strictly to the book no well and Uh, like like you alluded to they're just there's so much going on and i would say my one gripe but there legitimately is no way to fix it is the amount that they bounce around like just because there are so many characters and so many plots and storylines to keep track of. Yeah. But there's no, there's no other way to do that. Like you have to just pop in for a little bit. And I mean, they've, they've had parts of the season where they just do like extended looks at a particular thing that's going on. Like the, uh, the wildlings trying to get past the wall like that became basically its own episode, which was great. But like, they're just, there's so many characters. There's so much plot that your brain just is like trying to figure it all out. But yeah, there's no better way to do it. No, not at all. And, but the, the one thing that game of Thrones does, well, at least for me is like, it makes me hate the characters, like with a burning passion, certain characters, um, for example, Sansa is just, I, I get immediately like irritated when I see her on the screen <laughs> just because the first couple of curse couple of seasons, she's just like the worst person to be around. Like she's just doing her own thing. Doesn't help her sister out. Like when, when she, she's, she meets Joffrey and then three seconds later, she's into him and just wants to spend the rest of her life with this guy who's clearly a sociopath. Right. Um, so obviously she has a bad, bad taste in men. Uh, and then when he gets killed is just like broken up about it and automatically is doesn't do anything to help her father um, when that happens. And then yeah. just abandons Arya um, and then Bran on the like, I, I just have I just have issues with the entire Stark family. There's certain like like John is good. That's that's my guy. I love John, of course. But I, I think we we spoke about it a couple of days ago. Rob, Rob should really be the face of the show. Yep. I, I think what happened at the Red Wedding was a travesty. I was devastated. Was absolute tra- <laughs> He was at that point. He was at that point. I think my second favorite character, and yeah. then he's just gone. And so I hate to do this to Jared, but I think in terms of NHL teams, I think Carolina is the Starks. Like there is, there is nobody left. There are a couple of players left, but you just look at like what they were and what they are now. And you're like, Oh boy, Starks have taken a hit. I would like to classify each family member. And I think this is a good thing to kind of like end out the talk and (laughs) tie this whole uh, episode with a bow is if you had to pair each uh, Stark member to an NHL team based on personality or, or whatever the case. I, I think, I think like Rob is probably the Nordiques just because people love them. And then right when the team was getting momentum and they had all this talent, they get moved out of Quebec, which is kind of like the NHL equivalent of getting murdered. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I think 
Sansa to me is probably the Montreal Canadiens just because of the um, the extent of how much she complains <laughs> and just some of the moves that she makes. <laughs> yes. I love that. Uh Theon by extension is probably I don't know. I I feel like he's almost the Vegas Golden Knights just because of how backstabby he is. I mean, we saw it in recent years with some of the things that most notably, Mark Andre Fleury, like Vegas is not willing. They, they don't shy away from anything, you know. Yeah, they're, they're a very cutthroat organization. Um, I I don't know if you could maybe uh maybe pair up any other characters as well. I feel um, like so. I feel like for Ned, if I was gonna have him be a team, it would be one of the like the OG franchises. Just because like the original six, yeah. Just because he like is super like honorable, sticks to his guns. Doesn't oh, he's Toronto, hundred <laughs> percent. Wow. Uh, yep. That's that's the one. Like it's just same thing. Pretty much. Pretty pretty straightforward. You know what you're getting. And gets to the only other character that I would potentially say was Toronto was the Viper. Mm. You get to essentially a three to one lead in the trial by combat and are basically like tap dancing on the grave of your opponent and then lose. Yeah. But I think I think Toronto is a is a really good comp for Ned too, because Toronto is like Toronto's really good. Like they they are a really good team, but when it comes down to it, and you know you got to make like a quick decision, and you got to kind of do something you maybe wouldn't necessarily do to win. Not gonna yeah, get it done. Yeah, there's just there's just like a blueprint that's been in in place for years. It's like it's like we, if Ned was like the GM. I mean, he could slide in to the GM position of Toronto like tomorrow and, and nothing <laughs> would change. It's like, it's like we need a goaltender. Well, we're going to sign a defenseman who could score. So <laughs> um, I would have to say Cersei, uh, even though we're jumping families. <sighs> I mean, that's a tough one because so, we'll so anything to yeah. Cersei for me is just the team the team that you hate, but you also kind of respect. So like the department of player safety. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be good because like with Cersei, her motivations are always, at least from what I've seen so far, are always very apparent and are yeah. pretty out there, like in the open. Mm-hmm. And so it's up to you whether you like or hate them and agree or disagree. Like, you know what you're getting. You either like Cersei as a character, you hate Cersei as a character. And so, yeah, Department of Player Safety is spot on. Chef's kiss. Yeah, Well, that's the thing with Cersei is that like, you love to hate her, but the other thing is that you have to have a certain level of respect for her just because of she realizes what she's doing is like ridiculous, but in her mind, it's the only way she's going to be able to. And and her whole shtick is 
leaving a legacy for her kids. Yep. Cause that's all she cares about. Um, Tyron Lannister, probably just Steve Yeiserman as a GM, just because he, <laughs> he seems like he's three, he's three steps ahead of everybody at all times. And like some of the, some of the thing, you don't know what his, where he's going with certain things, what the whole plan is at the end. Uh, it almost seems as at certain situations, she's just making it up as he goes along. And I kind of felt that when he started in Detroit. Um, but at the same time, when, when I had the crossover, with the guys with locked on Red Wings, I said, just you're, you're going to see a certain formula that he's going to be doing. <laughs> um, basically cleaning house with everybody, but, you know, um, Dylan Larkin up there. Daenerys Targaryen is an interesting one, whether she's a team or she's an NHL personality, you know, just doing whatever she wants to get what she wants, just letting the world burn around her. Um, Could we put her as gritty? Ooh, I don't know, because gritty is not, you see, she's very vocal. Daenerys. Fair. Very, I, yeah, very fair. That's the thing. Gritty, gritty looks like he's out of like a Hannibal Lecter Disney movie. Like that's, <laughs> that's what, um, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I would say Daenerys is probably, I want to say he's like, Oh, I don't know. Um, I feel like he, she would be like a front office personnel. She would probably be like James. Oh, she's Chris Drury. That's what she is. Chris Drury in the first couple of days as GM of the Rangers. <laughs> Just, just, just like cleaning house coming in, um, you know, she brings in, brings in Ryan Reeves, who I guess we could just classify as the mountain because she, just bringing him in just to take care of Tom Wilson. Um, and then the, the last character I think that I could get, at least compare it to, unless you have another comparison, but Arya Stark is hundred percent Brad Marchand. You're not going to get like any that, that 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 person. <laughs> you're not going to get any argument from me on that one. That is spot on. Yeah. Um, just I I think there was an idea a couple of probably last year uh, where Jared Ellis of uh, Locked On Canes actually we did like a little thing in the chat where we wanted to see which Star Wars character was. Oh no, it was Avengers. Who, who in the league would be uh, comparable to an Avengers or if you had to assemble a team of Avengers uh, from the National Hockey League, who would it be? And so it's interesting. I think it works better with Game of Thrones because like, I mean, you have at least 50 to 70 different characters in each. Uh, yeah. With with all different personalities. Um, so, yeah, um, it, I, I can't wait to see how your your last tweet for the last episode. <laughs> yeah, I um I'm going to make that into an event. I might even do like a watch party for it. Oof. Um just so that people can see my reaction and like talk me through it, but I don't know. We'll uh we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see when I get to that point how uh how battered and broken down I am by what's going on. Um It'll it'll be kind of how it's going as I feel it. Yeah, you might have to take a break in between viewings because I I, I call the the breaks from TV shows the cigarette breaks where you just sit back, (laughs) exhale, 
just change your shirt because yeah. you've just been sweating the entire time. Maybe go outside and get some fresh air. Um, yeah. Uh, um, maybe we could turn that into a locked on event. There's a number of hosts that I think haven't watched Game of Thrones or are not finished with it. So we definitely got to turn that into something. That's actually a really good idea. And so on air production meeting, I think that's what I'll do is I'll just open it up to, you know, whoever wants to hop in and, and just watch me watch the chaos. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll make that happen. Well, Adam, thank you for, uh, for hopping in for this crossover here today and, uh, we'll, we'll navigate through the off season. So make sure whether it be locked on lightning, locked on wilds, any of the other locked on shows, make sure you are keeping up to date with new episodes all throughout the week as part of the locked on podcast network.